discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified. Let's give the Lord a big round of applause. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. The next one I want to do is that you are forgiven eternally. You are forgiven eternally. You are forgiven eternally. It's a fact in the new birth. It's a fact. Can you imagine a lot of Christians moving around with their guilt? So much guilt. So much guilt, God can't work with you. God can't use you. Three years ago, some are working 30 years ago. 30 years ago. Things that they have done. Things that happen. Issues. Ephesians chapter 1. You are forgiven eternally. Eternally. Verse 7, Ephesians 1, 7. In Christ, we have redemption through his blood. Now the word redemption is apolutrosis, which means to buy back. Permanent, to have the, it means to have the receipt of the payment. It's not even the, the process of buying back, it's the receipt. So what he's saying is that you have the receipt of the fact that you have been bought long time ago from the slave market of sin. Long time ago. And you have been restored to sonship. That's what he's talking about. You have been restored to sonship. In whom, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. What he's talking about is that you have been forgiven. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. It's according to the riches of God's grace. God's unmerited favor, God's rich unmerited favor is what has brought us in and has made us accepted and has bought us back and has given us a receipt of the fact that sin does not have anything to do with us any longer. Yeah. In the midst of the challenges, we are prevailing. <laughs> yes. I tell you, it's not a small thing to organize a big meeting. You have to respect all those who do that. You have to respect Bishop Dag. Yes. He will do, he will do a big meeting and have 100,000 people in it for three days. One, two, three days. The blessing. Every power is working. I tell you. <laughs> You have to respect people like Bishop Oedipo. Yeah. Who does it every weekend? Yeah. Every weekend, every Sunday, 200, 400,000 people in one place. Yeah, I tell you, power is working. Mm. Don't criticize people, okay? One of the things you should not do as a child of God is to criticize. Try your best to not criticize, especially men of God. It's a problem. I tell you. What you criticize, you don't have any right to partake of. Alright, Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God commended his love towards us. In that while we were what? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners. So Christ died for you when you were a sinner. Jesus did not die for Christians. Jesus died for sinners. And the purpose of Jesus' death was to deal with sin. That was the reason why Jesus came. Jesus came to die to take care of sin. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, 
condemn sin in the flesh. Romans chapter 8, verse 3. What I just said is Romans 8, 3. It says, for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin. So Jesus was sent in the likeness, not not. Jesus was sent in the likeness, not in the image of sin, in the likeness. Do you get it? In the likeness. He had the, the, he took on the human, the form of the human flesh, but he didn't have sin in him. When he hung on the cross, he received the sin of humanity. He was made sin on a certain day. And on that day, that day was the day when he hung on the cross. He took the sin of the world. Do you see? Because he had a body that was prepared to have sin in it. And that's what it means by likeness of sinful flesh. And for, for sin, to contain sin. Condemn sin in the flesh. So when Jesus died on the cross, your sin died on the cross. Yes, your sin, past, present, and future, all died on the cross of Calvary. That, you see, you are quiet. Because the issue of sin has taken roots in a lot of Christians. It's taking roots. It's sitting as a king. It has a throne. In the lives of many Christians. Yes. And it is controlling everything about you. Receive grace. Do not have it control you in Jesus' name. How is that grace coming? It's coming to you as knowledge right now. Jesus condemned sin in the flesh. So when he died, your sin died. Your sin died. Sin died on that day. Jesus was judged for sin. The reason why Jesus came was to be judged for sin. For the wages of sin is death. Jesus took that wages. He died. When Jesus died, sin died. That is what the Bible says that you have redemption now. By his blood, by his blood, we have redemption. Roman Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. Unto him who loved us and gave himself for us and washed our sins, he's washed us from our sins in his own blood. He washed his blood, the purpose of his blood, the purpose of his death was to take care of sin. I don't know why you're still carrying your sin around. Honestly, I don't know why you're, because this is what Jesus came for. This is what Jesus came for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus washed us from what? From who sin? Who? Is he your grandmother? Are you part of the hour? He says he washed you from your sins. Not your sin. Sins. All your acts. All the things. All the lies. All the fornication. All the adultery. All the pornography. All the masturbations. All the stealing. Everything. He washed you from your sins in his own blood. Hey! <laughs> Some people still don't believe it. So let me continue. <laughs> Let's continue. I think we should, we should hear more. Hmm. Jesus offered himself once and for all time for all your sins past, present, and future. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11. Let's just, let's just read scriptures. Okay, Hebrews 9 from verse 11 to verse 14. But Christ being come an high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle. He's talking about the tabernacle of the, the heavens, not the tabernacle of this earth that Moses and Aaron stood in and made sacrifices and all the priests stood in and made sacrifices. He said, Jesus, the tabernacle that Jesus ministered in is higher than the physical tabernacle that you could find. He ministered in the tabernacle of the heaven, heaven of heavens. Not made with hands. That is to say, not of this building, not of the physical building. Next verse. Then he says, neither by the blood of goats and cows. Jesus didn't offer. He didn't do. You see, Jesus is a high priest. Jesus is our high priest. It's all over in the Bible. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1. You see, let's look at Hebrews 3 verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, particularly the heavenly calling. Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. He says, Jesus Christ is our high priest. It's all over in the Bible. That's my focus. So let me just go back. He's high priest. He's our high priest. He's the high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Not after the order of 
Aaron. Now, as a high priest, you must have something to offer. Okay? You must have a bowl to offer. You must have some sacrifices to offer. That's what high priests are there for. Or priests are there for. Chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 5. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. So every high priest must offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. Do you get it? Next verse. Verse 2. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way? For him, for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. Then he mentions Aaron. And by reason of he ought ask for the people also for himself to offer for sins. Verse 4. And no man taketh his hand unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. So Aaron was a high priest called by God, chosen by God to offer sins and sacrifices for himself and also for the people. Now, let's look at Jesus' priestly ministry as well. Aaron is not our high priest. Jesus is our high priest. Did we read in Hebrews 3, 1 that Aaron is our high priest? Jesus is our high priest. Now, as a high priest, what does he do? Go back to Hebrews chapter 9. We started from verse 11. I think we're in verse 12 now. Isn't it? Go to verse 12. It says, Jesus did not go in, neither by the blood of goats and cows. Because Aaron was going by the blood of goats and calves, not by his blood. He couldn't go. If you drain your blood, you are dead. He couldn't, his blood was not good enough for anybody, for himself or for anyone. But Jesus' blood was good for all men because he was sinless. He was, he was born by the seed of God. He was born by, Jesus, by God himself. Matthew 1, 18. Now when Mary's time was come to deliver... Matthew 1.18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found a child of the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost was responsible for the pregnancy. So the blood that was in Jesus was not a blood that was a, it was not a human blood, it was God's blood. He had the blood of God running through his veins, I tell you. What a shock. It's called the mystery of the incarnation. The mystery of the incarnation. Yes. Yes. First Peter, right? I, I like it. It's one of my favorite scriptures. It's one of my verses. First Peter 1, verse 19. It says, for as much as you know. Eh? 18. Go back to verse 18. For as much as you know. He says, you should know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things. As silver, you were not bought back with corruptible things like silver. Nobody paid silver for your redemption, eternal redemption. No. And gold for your vain, from your vain conversation received by tragedy from your fathers. But with the precious blood of Christ. Jesus' blood is precious. And that's the blood, that was the price of your payment. That was what was paid for you to become a child of God. But by the, with the precious blood of Christ. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot. For as much as you know. So Jesus went into the heavenly holy of holies with his blood. So he's high priest. Remember, Jesus is our high priest, right? His high priest is also a lamb. He's also a lamb. So he didn't go in with the, the blood of other lambs, but his own blood because he is the sacrifice. He is our sacrifice. In John chapter 1, verse 34, when Jesus was passing by after he had been baptized, John the Baptist saw him passing by and said, eh? and I saw him bear record that this is the son of God. Next verse. Again, the next day, John stood and two of his disciples and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, he said, behold, the lamb of God. Then there's another one, what? 29. Go to 29. So Jesus is the lamb of God, which is offered for our righteousness. And it's also the lamb of God. The, 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 <laughs> I don't know if I should go into all this. There, there were two things. There were two goats. They are, they are called goats. The goats. Two goats. Okay? In the Old Testament. When they are coming to offer for everybody, okay, to cover their sins for one year, the high priest will bring two goats and they'll cast lots. They'll do CCCC Nanako. What's the English version? <laughs> mini, 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 mo. That's the English version of CCCC Nanako. Ta, ta, bongo, 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 the English people have it very short. Mini, 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 mo. So, whichever one the mo falls on, okay, becomes the lamb that is going to bear the sin. The scapegoat. Okay, he's going to bear the sin of all of Israel for one year. His blood is going to be, his sacrifice 
Him being killed and destroyed in the wilderness will serve as a means of God placating God on the, on the sin side. And then the other one, which was not chosen, will be killed in his blood, the innocence of that animal. So the first one, the people will lay hands on him. The high priest will lay hands on that particular goat and transfer all the sins of Israel to that particular goat. And that goat is taken outside of the camp and it is destroyed. It's called the, the goat that bears the sin of Israel. Then the other one, which is the Lamb of God, is has the high priest lays hands on it, and the innocence of the goat, the innocence of that lamb, its innocence is rather given to the high priest and to Israel. Okay, and then it is killed, and then its blood is taken. Its blood is taken to the holy of holies. So this one, the blood is taken to the holy of holies, and then it is dropped eh? seven times before the uh, the 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 veil, and then once on the altar. And when God wants on the altar of sacrifice, which is the uh, the mercy seat, okay? And then when God sees the blood, he says, oh, this lamb is innocent. It will cover for you guys. So I'm not angry with you for one year. Do you get it? Now, Jesus is both the lamb of God that is presented, whose blood is presented before God, and also the sacrifice for sin. So, the one I just read in John chapter 1, verse, I read from verse 24 to 26. Okay? John 1, 35. Again, the next day, John stood and two of disciples, Jesus passed by, and John said, Behold, eh, the Lamb of God, which is the one whose innocence is transferred to the people. Yeah. Do you get it? Yeah. Then verse 29. Go back to 29. John saw Jesus again, verse 26. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming upon him, unto him, and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. So there's the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin, and then there's the Lamb of God whose innocence is transferred. Wow. Jesus was both of them. Wow. Are you getting it? As the Lamb of God that taketh away sin, his blood was not used for anything. His blood was drained, and they used it to do other things. It was not put before God. Okay? So, when Jesus hung on the cross, the Bible says that he condemned sin in the flesh. When they crucified him, he took, before he was crucified, he became sin. And all of the sin of the world, but we, we actually don't know how it happened, but all the sin of the world was placed in him, and sin was judging him. So, when Jesus died, your sin died. Sin died completely. Can you imagine? <laughs> he was what? Sin was killed by God, and sin at that time was in Christ, was in Jesus. So it, it had to be. That was when Jesus, Jesus dreaded it. He didn't want that to happen. Because it was a, it, for the first time, the Godhead was going to be separated from itself. On the cross, Jesus could not call God Father. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he called him my Father. But he, he, called, he said, my Father, if it's possible, if it's your will, Take, uh, take this cup away from me. If it's not my, not my will, but your will. He called him Father. But on the cross, he didn't call him Father. He called him God. My God, my God. Why has thou forsaken me? Because he had become the very epitome of sin. So that you can be accepted. Jesus had that so that you can be accepted. The nature of sin and the acts of sin were all put on him. And he died for all of that. So let's look at it. Let's, Hebrews chapter 9. Neither by the blood of goats... And cows, but by his own blood, which blood? This is the blood of the lamb that is taken to the Holy of Holies, right? But by his own blood, he entered in how many times? He entered in how many, how many times? He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for who? For me. For us. He went in once to obtain eternal redemption for us. Eternal redemption, not. Temporal redemption. And he entered in once. He's not like the Old Testament high priest who has to go in once every year. Jesus entered once. Once. To obtain eternal redemption for us. Now, go to verse 24. For Christ has not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, I told you. Now to appear in the presence of God for who? He went to appear in the presence of God for who? For himself? For you and I. For us. Next verse. Know yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with the blood of others. Next verse. 
For Ben Masi often have suffered since the foundation of the world. It means that every year Jesus should have died. Every year there should be crucifixion. Every year. Pilate will have to say he's going, he's going, and then they'll beat him again. And not. For then Masi often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, once in the end of the world, has he appeared to what? To what? To what? How? By the sacrifice of himself. So what was the reason for his sacrifice? To put away sin. Is it too difficult to understand? To put away sin. So your sin has been removed completely. Completely. He says you are dead unto reckon. Likewise, reckon ye also. He wants you to recognize Romans chapter chapter 6, verse 11. Likewise, reckon, put it to your account also that you are dead indeed unto sin. Reckon, but alive now unto God through Jesus Christ. It is because you think that your sin is still there. That is why you are controlled by your sin. You are too sin conscious. Instead of being God conscious and righteousness conscious, you are now sin conscious. And because you are sin conscious, sin is controlling you. A dead body cannot respond to our world. If the guy owed you and he died, it's finished. It's finished. The man is gone. When something is dead unto you, you have there's no interaction with it. There's no response to it. Go back to what we're reading in Hebrews. You like it. Just verses. I have seven of them. If you are interested. Now verse 27. Then it says, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment is not ended though. He's saying that for a reason. He's not saying that when you die, judgment is following. That's not what he's saying. As it is appointed unto men once to die, Eh? So also, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins, not sin, this time sins of many. The first one refers to the nature, the second, this one refers to the actions, the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Have you seen it? So he appeared once, NLT, which verse? This one, okay. NLT. So also Christ died once for all time. Once for what? Once for what? Once for some time. Once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. And he will come again not to deal with our sins. The message has finished. He will come again not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who eagerly who, who are eagerly waiting for him. What salvation is he talking about? The salvation of the body. You see? Resurrection. He says that he is going to come not to deal with our sins because he dealt with our sins. The first coming, the, the, the reason for the first coming was to deal with your sin. So he has removed your sin permanently. You have been forgiven. You have been forgiven. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. According to the riches of his grace. It is according to his grace. The, you see, God is rich in certain things. One of the things is rich in his mercy. One of the things is rich in again is grace. He has money in grace. The, the currency he has money in is called grace. And his grace, he has lavished his great grace on us so much to remove sins. Every, there's nothing you will do today that will shock God. Like, hey, Kofiampa. I'm shocked. No, you cannot exhaust his grace. <laughs> you should be happier in life than you are today. Because you are thinking so much about your wrongs. What you did and what you did not do. That is why it's controlling you. If you understood the fact that he has died for you, the one who is forgiven much, Loves much. If you understand that he has forgiven you, eh, the response is called, it's called no, the gift of no condemnation. In John chapter 6, when the woman was caught 
in adultery. John 8, when the woman was caught, caught in, the, in the act of adultery and pulled and brought to Jesus. When Jesus came, he said, the one who has not sinned amongst you should be the first to cast a stone. He bowed down, he was writing. The guys were just putting down their things and running away. Some say that he was, some believe that he was writing their sins. He would just write, Kojo, see your head. Yesterday, you also did this, but today you are here to stone somebody. Some believe that. Others also believe that as the, 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 the lawgiver, he was writing, Jesus wrote on stone. He wrote on the temple stones, you know, to show them that he's a lawgiver. He's the one who gave it, and he's the one, and he gave it twice, right? Jesus wrote, stood up and wrote again, just like was done in the Old Testament. He wrote with his finger, Moses broke it, and he wrote again for him, isn't it? Yeah. So some believe that as well. There are a lot of things, this is why you can read many meanings into it. But the main thing I want you to see is that when Jesus stood up the second time, he didn't see anybody, and he asked the woman, where are those thine accusers? And the woman said, no man has condemned me. And Jesus said, Jesus said, no man, the woman said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn you. Neither do I condemn you. On the basis of understanding the fact that God does not condemn you, now you can go and sin no more. If you don't understand that you have been forgiven, you will keep doing foolish things. The foolish things rise because we don't understand that we have been forgiven. We are hiding, we are afraid because we think that God is holding something against you. There is therefore now no connection. The Greek word is not one single. There is not one single condemnation against you who are in Christ Jesus. If you are in Christ, there is not even one. Jesus was sacrificed for that purpose. Let me show you some more. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Let's read from verse 9 now. Now, this is a long read, but I want us to take our time and read it, okay? So that we, we can understand it. Now, look at, look at this. I'm forgiven. Can you imagine? You are forgiven. For all the things. For the abortion. Before you did it, Jesus had seen it and he had sacrificed for that one already. Those who paid for the abortion. Carrying the guilt of that abortion would destroy a life forever. Yeah. Guilt and condemnation is the number one means of destruction of God's people. Guilt and condemnation. It will keep you down. It will keep you down. You can't do anything. You, you, you can't receive the love of God. You can't receive the love of God because you feel God is against you. You don't deserve his love. You, 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 it's the truth. You don't deserve his love. You don't deserve his love. But God decided to look beyond our deserving or not deserving. It's God's personal decision. God looked beyond us and looked at his son. That's the riches of his grace. It's called unmerited favor. You don't merit it. That is the truth. You don't, you are not worth it. But God said that I still like it. Regardless of your worth or whatever, your value, whatever, I still like it. I paid for it and that's it. Whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for our sins. Let's go back to Romans 5 8. Message. It's, it's nice uh, if we even continue. The, the next verses is even powerful. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death. While we're of no use, no use whatever to him. No use whatever to him. Now, look at the next verse. Now that we are set right with him, is it now that we are set right with God by means of a sacrificial death, the consummate blood sacrifice, there is no longer a question of being at odds with God in any way. There's no, it's not a question. You, you keep hiding because you think God is asking questions. Adria, why did you do this? No, God is not asking any of those questions. God, you see, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 17. Have you read Hebrews 10, 17 before? Let's read Hebrews 10, 17. And there are sins and iniquities. Will I remember no more? I remember sometimes. Go, go, go to verse 16 so we can understand what he's saying. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days. Say the Lord, the Lord. I will put my loss into your hands. And in their, and in their minds, 
I, will I write them? Then it says, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. God does not remember. In fact, you are the only one who remembers. And you are allowing the devil to use this as an opportunity to accuse you all the time. So you remember what you did four years ago. And then you start crying. And then you start feeling bad. And then before you realize you have done it again. And then you start crying again. And then you do it again. And then Receive the gift of no condemnation. Receive it. That God is not condemning me. God is not looking for my wrongs. God accepts me. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now you can stand before God without any sense of guilt. Without any sense of condemnation. You can get closer and closer and closer and closer. You can come by the living, the new and the living way. Which is Jesus Christ. We are in chapter 10 now. Go to verse 9. Hebrews 10, 9. Then said I, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. Verse, verse, verse 10. By the which will, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. Once for all. The offering of Jesus Christ, the offering of his body, is what sanctifies us and separates us once and for all. Everybody. So God, God says that you are set apart for him. God says that you are accepted. No matter what. You. Yes, you. Next verse, verse 11. Look at this. And every priest standard daily ministering and offering, oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. It was just covering their sins. It didn't take it away. Next verse. But this man, which man? Jesus. That is why you must focus on who Christ is in you. This man, Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, forever. Not sometime, not often, forever. Sat down on the right hand of God. He is seated though, he's not working. The high priest of old could not sit. He, because when he's about to sit, another person come with a, a sin. So he has to stand up and do what he's doing. He couldn't sit, he could never sit, he could never rest. But Jesus offered once and for all, and now his work is finished, so he's sitting, he's sitting down. Wow. Say I'm forgiven. Say like you mean I'm forgiven. Verse 13. Verse 13. You like it. From henceforth, expecting to his enemies be made his footstool. Now, this is the whole message. Next verse 14. For by one offering of himself, one offering, he has perfected. So God forever. Them that are sanctified. So God thinks that you are perfected. You are perfect. Forever. He has perfected for what? Forever. Them that are sanctified. Are you sanctified? He just mentioned that he offered for your sanctification. And it is not saying that he has perfected forever. For by one of them he has perfected forever. Them that are sanctified. Next verse. Whereof the Holy Ghost is also a witness to us. For after that he had said before. You see, the Holy Ghost is a witness of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross and how Jesus was punished for every single one sin. He ensured the Holy Ghost was a witness to make sure that Jesus was punished fully, took the full punishment for our wrongs. He's the witness. Don't the Holy Ghost says that not guilty. Who are you to call yourself guilty? Who are you to call yourself guilty? That's what the Bible says that can lay anything to the charge of God's elect. Hey, who, is, who, who, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. It is God that has, has said that you are not guilty. It is God who has said that you are now accepted. It is God who has said. He has judged. It has been judged in Christ. Sin has been judged in Christ. By the righteous judge. Who makes sure every single thing is punished. Yes. Meticulously. Oh yes. And he says, you are not guilty. Why are you calling yourself guilty? You look at yourself in the mirror. Oh, sinner as I am. Every day you are confessing your sins. Oh, wretched man I am. Who shall deliver me? You have been delivered a long time ago. It's a fact of the new birth, I tell you. It's a fact. It's a fact. It's a fact. It's a fact. Accept it. Go back to Hebrews. Let me close. I'm closing. Next year we'll continue. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, 
Next verse. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, say the Lord. I will put my laws in them, in their hearts, in their minds. Remember, we just read this. And their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Verse 18. Now where remission? <laughs> Can we read other verses? <laughs> Can we read NLT? And when sins have been forgiven, when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. So I don't know which sacrifice you are going to use for the sin that you think you have. Which sacrifice? Which goat are you going to use? Which, which one? Is it a goat in your house? Is it a Billy goat in your house? There's no goat that can be used. Where? When sins have been forgiven, have been forgiven, in whom you have, we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. You have been forgiven forever, eternally. And when sins have been forgiven, there's no need to offer any more sacrifices. Next verse 19. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place. How? Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. 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 Because of of his blood. We can come in boldly with confidence. Maybe you are coming to you are coming to receive healing, and you are wondering if you receive the healing because of some things that you did. Brother, forget about what you did. God is not accepting you based on what you did or did not do. He's accepting you based on Jesus' blood. Based on what Jesus did. That's why, that's why he accepts you. Nothing else. There are some of us who also live very pure, pure lives. Very holy lives. We don't do anything wrong. Even though our thoughts are full of wrongs. And we feel that we should be accepted before God because of our good works. You have also missed a big time. Big time. Big time. You have refused. That's what Israel is doing. Romans chapter 10 verse 1. Romans 10 verse 1. Quickly please. Romans 10 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God. They are doing all the right things. But it's not according to knowledge. See how powerful knowledge is? Not according to knowledge. For they... Be ignorant of God's righteousness. There's a righteousness that has been made available, which is independent of the law and of the prophets. It's independent of the law, confirmed by the prophets. It is called the righteousness of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For all and upon all who believe, faith without works. That would have been my next point righteousness. But we don't have time. Your neighbor's hand is coming close to your, your cheeks, I tell you. Oh, I'll never, I'll never go down in my life. I'll never go down in my life. He says, come boldly, come boldly, come boldly. He says, sometimes you want to pray. When you, when you, when you, when you start to pray, you start remembering. Ish. Ish. And then you stop the prayer. The devil is using condemnation to prevent you from getting fellowship, getting close to Jesus Christ. He's denying you of fellowship by reminding you of your previous errors. When God says, I don't remember, God says, come boldly by the blood of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus. When a devil reminds you, tell him, I know, I remember I did all of that. I remember everything. I remember it clearly. But thank God for Jesus. And thank God for his work on the cross. His work on the cross was used to pay. was my payment of all sin. I am not guilty. I'm not a sinner. I'm a child of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm accepted before God. And then you start praying. And you pray through. You see? Paul preaches so many, so many times. And people were criticizing him. Criticizing him. You see, because they thought that by saying that the people's sins have been paid for, past, present, and future, it means that they will do a lot of wrong things. So Paul says something in Romans chapter 6. Let's read Romans chapter 6, verse 12. He says, let no sin reign in your mortal body. Because the issue of sin is now a choice. You can allow sin to control you, or you can say no to sin. 
Because you are dead unto sin. He says, let not sin. I'm not saying that when you step out, you can start doing whatever thing you want to do. No, he says, let not sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the last. So it's a matter of who, who your master is. Sin now becomes who your master is. Not as to whether you go to heaven or not. Because of the new birth, your spirit man is perfect. I told you, your spirit man is perfect. Your spirit man is complete. Your spirit man is sealed. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. It says that when we believed, we were sealed. Uh, in whom you also, in Christ, you also trusted. After that, you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also, after that, you believed, you were sealed. When you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So the Holy Spirit has been used to seal you. There is no sin that can enter your spirit. That's why First John chapter 3 verse 9 says that whatsoever is, whosoever is born of God does not sin, does not commit sin. Why? For the seed of God remaineth in him and he cannot sin because he's born of God. He's talking about your spirit. Your spirit man is sealed. You cannot sin. Do you see? Sin is not a matter of your mind and your body. Sin does not affect your spirit but it can affect your mind. It can affect your body. If you hear this message say I'm forgiven and you go and steal. Hold on. You go and steal and they catch you. And they beat you to death. Your body has died. You will be in heaven with your spirit. But you have denied yourself of what God would have used you to do for the next 60 years. Because you went to steal. You went to sin. We are not saying that go and sin. He says don't let sin reign over your mortal body. Do you get it? You shouldn't, you shouldn't continue. You must allow what is inside you now. Because if man look at on the outward, man is judging you based on what you are doing outside. If you are lying outside, everybody is getting to know that you are a liar. When you want help, everybody will say, oh, this girl, she's lying. You need dire, dire help. Nobody will give it to you because they feel that you are lying. Why? You've been lying for so long. So this is not a license to, to sin. It's not a license to lie. It's not a license to do whatever you want to do. No. It's a license to live. It's the power of God. To help you live the way God wants you to live. That's what it is. To sin no more. It says, let not sin therefore reign your mouth. Because now you can say no to it. That should be it in the last day of next verse 13. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. But yield yourselves unto God. As those that are alive from the dead. In reality. And your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Next verse. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? For you are not under the law. But under grace. Because you are under grace now, grace empowers you to do what God wants you to do. Wants you to do. Titus chapter 2 verse, verse 12. For the grace of God uh, that bringeth salvation has appeared unto us. Teaching us, from verse 11, teaching us that denying ungodliness. Go back to verse, verse 11 please. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men. Teaching us. This is the teaching of the grace of God. Denying ungodliness and worldly lust. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this presence. So the preaching of grace is not an entitlement to sin. The preaching of grace is empowering you to live for God. That's what it is. Do you understand? Now, go back to Romans. Romans chapter 6, where we're reading. We just read this. Verse 15 now. Then it says, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Next verse. It's a matter of mastery. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourself servants to obey. His servants you are to whom you obey. Whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So he says, he's telling you, obey the word of, obey God and live in righteousness. Not fool around. Because now my sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Therefore, you should live the way he wants you to live. If you knew how much it took Jesus to take your sacrifice, to take your sin, you will live for him. You will not live for yourself. You will not live for yourself. Hallelujah. So you have been forgiven. See, I'm forgiven. The one who is forgiven much, loves much. Remember how much you have been forgiven. It will help you to love God much. Rise up, open your feet and just fall in love with the Lord. Fall in love with your Jesus who died on the cross of Calvary for you. Oh, Father, we are grateful. Now, if you are, if you are ill or sick in any part of your body, I want you to just put your hand there right now. Nothing prevents you from receiving healing now. One of the things that Jesus has given to us in the new birth is healing and health. That's one of my points. Healing and health. Himself took our sicknesses and disease. He took it. He bare our sins in his, on, on, on the cross in his own body. 
by whose stripes we are healed. If sin has been removed, then sickness has been removed. Because sin goes with sickness. If there's any problem in your body, Jesus in you is ready to heal you. Because healing has been purchased for you, free of charge. And you don't need to qualify in any way for it because you have already qualified. God has made you qualified for healing and for health and for strength. So forget about all the things that you have done wrong that you feel will prevent you from receiving. Throw all away into the bin. There's nothing that you have done that can prevent you from receiving healing and health. Right now I pray for you. If, there's a, if, the, if that part, you can't touch that portion of your body, just lay your hands on your heart right now. Father, I pray for your children. Thank you for the gift of healing. For the gift of healing. You said healing is your children's bread. Father, grant your children bread right now. I pray for healing for everyone. Ill or sick in any part of their body right now. I command that pain to go right now in Jesus' name. I command that sickness to leave your body right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. It has no right to be there. Sickness, you have no right to be in that body. I command the livers to start working again. I command that neck that is not turning right to start turning right right now. I command every single joint in your body to start working perfectly in the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm seeing joints, joint pains that are being fixed right now to the glory of God the Father. And I'm seeing chronic diseases. I'm seeing a kidney and I'm seeing a liver with problems. All the symptoms are leaving your body right now. You might be outside, you might be inside. All those symptoms are leaving your body right now. Jesus loves you and he came for your healing. You will receive your healing right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for healing, even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can check your body right now. It's gone. Come and give a testimony. I can take just two testimonies and then we'll be out of here. Kindly take your seats in heavenly places. If you have a, if you have a testimony, just come right now. We're going to take your testimony right now. Pastor Kofi, can you help me here? Pastor Kofi, can you help me here? Maybe you can just take two. Two from this side, two from this side. If there's any, you have a testimony, just come right now. Come right now. Come right now. Come right now. Beautiful. Hallelujah. There's a wonderful miracle here, Daddy. This is Daniel. And he says since last year, it's been a whole year, he's had migraine for one whole year. I can't imagine how that would feel. But he says, just as you were praying right now, the pain just lifted off and it is gone. Wow. Are you just sitting there? Migraine for one year. Healed in an instant. <laughs> Come, Daniel. Father, thank you for blessing your son. Thank you that this healing is permanent in his life and this sickness never returns ever again in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for perfect healing and wholeness for your son. In Jesus' name. Amen. Congratulations. What do we have here, my dear? Yes. So, Daddy, there's another miracle here. So, this lady is called Lori, and she sprained her ankle some days ago. There's been unbearable pain in it. But then, as you were praying for us, suddenly she realized that the pain has. You remember? I mentioned joints, some joints. My dear. Father, thank you for healing. Thank you for healing for your daughter. Thank you for wholeness for her on every side of her life. In Jesus' name, amen. I want us to take this meeting across the country. Is the message a good message? Those of you who wanted the points, let me give you the rest of the points. Can I give you the rest of the points? So I can preach it. I gave you three points, right? Um, you are in Christ. Christ is in you. Number three was what? You are eternally forgiven. Number four is um, God has declared and made you righteous. Number five. Number four is God has made and declared you righteous, right? Then number five is you have eternal life. You have eternal life. Number six is Jesus paid for your health and healing. Number seven is you have the faith of Jesus. You have the faith. I wish I could preach about this. You have the faith of Jesus. Number eight is you have authority and victory. 
you have authority and victory. Number nine is you have the Holy Spirit as a gift. Number nine is you have the Holy Spirit as a gift to guide, guard, and assist you. Is that number nine? Number ten is you are empowered to reconcile others. You are empowered to reconcile others. God is happy to work with you. God is now happy to work with you. So you can, you can work with God. God can work with you now. Did you get it? Point number one is what? You are in Christ, right? Point number two, Christ is in you. Point number three, you are eternally forgiven or forgiven eternally. Point number four is what? God has made you. God has what? Declared and made you righteous. Number five, you have eternal life. Number six, Jesus paid for your health and your healing. Number seven, you have the faith of Jesus Christ. Not your faith. The faith you have is actually Jesus' faith. I wish I could talk about it. A lot of people think that I can't receive healing because I don't have faith for it. The faith you have is Jesus' faith. That's what the Bible teaches. Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. Look at Galatians. I'm not preaching, but I'm just... I'm opening it up for you. Knowing that the man is not justified or not declared righteous by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ so that we might be justified by the faith of Jesus Christ. So we are justified by the faith of Jesus Christ. Our faith is actually the faith of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 20. Paul said, As for me, I was crucified with Jesus I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So the faith that he was living by was not his faith. It was the faith of Jesus Christ. So your faith is the faith of Jesus Christ. The same faith you used to walk on the water. The same faith you used to break the bread and multiply. It's the same faith you have. Yes. If you know this. Hey. Hey. Hallelujah. If you know this, you will not work from, I don't have faith. You work from, I have faith. And you have the faith of Jesus Christ. And the smallest faith removes mountains. Yes. The Jesus kind of faith removes mountains. Hallelujah. So that's point number what? Seven. Point number eight is what? You have authority and victory. Hey. Hallelujah. And point number nine is what? You have the Holy Spirit as a gift. Point number 10. You are empowered by what? You are empowered by God to reconcile others. God is pleased to work with you. 10 facts of the new birth. Hallelujah. Key facts. Yes. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a big round of applause. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.